and welcome to Hopefully We Don't Break Up. I'm Will Miles. And I'm Julia Rossi. And today our guests are a lovely married couple. Are there first married guests? No. Second, Second official guest. married guest. Yes. Uh, Karen and Zach Glass. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. <laughs> really good. Karen and I went to college together. Ithaca. Yes. Top-notch school. Big fan of it. President yeah. just was forced to resign. Wait, really? what? Yep. yep. It was just in the news yesterday, I think. What happened? All, all kinds of protests because of like racist stuff. Oh, man. Just students yeah. just... just Okay, cool. Now I know we can curse. I was like, yeah. I wonder. Oh yeah, fucking okay. <laughs> fuck that guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, I gotta read up on that. I mean, I didn't see a, a black heard person it here first. ever in Ithaca. <laughs> but no, there's there's there's, a, there's some. There's enough weed there to where it's cool. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. Everybody should just get along up there. Yeah. Right. Man. Yeah. yeah. Karen and I went to college together, and you guys have been together a long time. A long time. Mm hmm. Since 2001. That's right. Nice. Damn. Mm -hmm. Never forget. Yeah, well, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we won't. That's, that's our anniversary. Is Wait, it really? Are you serious? Yeah. yeah, that's how we got together. Wait, yeah. Wait. really? 9-11? Yeah. Yeah, well, we were friends for about a year, and we were working backstage together at Blue Man Group, and Zach kept asking me out, and I kept saying no. Why did you keep saying no? Because he still lived at home with his mom, and he couldn't. I was keep a mess. His paying his cell phone bill, so he never had a phone. I was phone. crazy. <laughs> I was a total disaster. Honestly, I, I know wouldn't people, have gone out with me. I know people <laughs> in their 30s who are in that situation, yeah. so don't feel yeah, that bad. Yeah, me too. True. I was just at that point where I was very independent, and mm -hmm. so his dependence on his mother was very unappealing. She had just moved to the city after college. Yeah. She was all in, and I was like, you don't get it. Like, you would live at home in a second if your mom lived in Brooklyn. Hell yeah. yeah oh, I was, yeah. I was like, yeah. Why would I move out? I, I was like, I make a hundred dollars a week. Oh, <laughs> this is awesome. So, but I still, I still was totally into hanging out with him all the time, and we were kind of creative cohorts and writing music together and reading poetry, and we had we were in the same circle of friends. And there was one day I was giving somebody a ride to Brooklyn, and and my car and Zach was Zach was in the car too, and and my car broke down right over the. Going over the Brooklyn Bridge, going it Brooklyn started Bridge. smoking, and I had to, I had to like leave the car for a night, and I ended up spending well, the night. You're, the place that your friend told you to take the car was in my neighborhood. Right. Oh, how convenient! Yeah. yeah. So, and he Good was friend. like, "Just I, park I it and you, bring I it actually, tomorrow." Actually, I fucked your car up. <laughs> it was all. Oh, now, the wire. now it all makes sense. And uh, so we we ended up spending the night at his house with a friend, and that's the first night Zach and I messed around. And I remember thinking, "This is not a good idea. I shouldn't be doing this. I'm going to hurt his feelings. I know he really likes me." And I woke up with him the next morning to finding out it was 9-11 yeah. and wow. and um, yeah and I was living in Queens at the time and so I couldn't mom, get back home my mom was in California visiting her sister um, he thought she was flying I thought she was day, flying so was that day out. so I was freaking out and it was just nuts and so like she couldn't leave right so we were just at my at my mom's house for like three days and like friends were coming over and we're just watching the news and yeah, we like everything. went up on the roof and saw the second tower fall. Yeah. <gasps> Shit! And oh there's tons of paper burning and falling like in the neighborhood, coming coming towards us. We're in Brooklyn, Park Slope. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So we like you Park could Slope. just see it. Yeah, it was crazy. And so suddenly, all the reasons that I didn't want to be with him suddenly didn't matter. Just yeah, like right. everybody's perspective shifted so yeah. much that day that. Which actually, when I, when I tell people kind of about our relationship, it kind of almost totally fucked us up later because we kind of skipped 
a lot of the normal first stuff you do in a relationship and just got really serious. Yeah. So then like a about a year yeah, later. Yeah, we had that like tragic, dramatic love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so then like about a year later, mm-hmm. we're like living together and then like all this little stuff was getting, was becoming these huge fights and it's the normal little stuff that like maybe you deal with in month three of a normal relationship but we had skipped everything. Yeah. So yeah. it was like, you can't skip that stuff. You're going to have to do it eventually and it like all came up over like the next couple of years. Like yeah. personality kind of, stuff. Yeah, personality stuff, just living together stuff. Living yeah. together stuff. Yeah, like do, doing dishes just, and stuff just like that. Just random. Like, I remember one of the things that that made me fall in love with him so intensely was... I, I did I, the dishes. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> oh, that, is, that couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> but uh, I had... I. Grew up with um, very little uh, political mind. My parents mm. didn't talk politics at the table or anything like that. So when 9-11 happened, I felt so uninformed. And I was a little bit embarrassed of how little I knew. And Zach was from this very kind of like lefty, politically active family. And he was just informing me about what was going on. And I felt I never felt like he was judging me or talking down to me or anything. He was so just open and... I, he was a great teacher and I, I found that very attractive. So yeah, I mean, there, and so there was a lot of like, you know, in that first, I mean, you guys were here for 9-11? No, no, I was, no, I I was, was in Atlanta. I was living okay. in LA. Cause remember yeah. I took, yeah, you, later on right. I took your apartment. That's yeah, right, we were talking right. about that on the that's way right. here actually. Yeah. But so, <laughs> so it was really nuts in New York, like those couple of weeks at, right after. And in a lot of ways it was kind of amazing. You know, I mean, they were just like, I Everybody remember. in the city was making eye contact with one another. And, like, yeah. and, asking, and everybody everyone would like was hold asking, the door. Everyone was asking everyone, like, are you okay? Like, do you need help? Like, stuff that is not what you think of in New York. It was all happening. But, I mean, like, that first night, or was it the next day and the next night, there was some, everything was just so dramatic, right? So, every, like, there was a guy across the street from my mom's house who I never knew lived there who yeah. apparently was some classical piano player and the way he was dealing with it that night was like had thrown all his windows open and was just like banging out like the most intense wow classical and so we're just it was so we were just yeah so, yeah, so awesome. we were just sitting on the stoop like smoking cigarettes and listening to this piano and talking about world affairs and writing crying songs and, and right i mean it was yeah. like it was like a movie yeah um and I then got chills. And yeah, then, right. the idea of the piano playing. <laughs> and then when the it was amazing when the subway started running again, and so Karen was like, "All right, I'm going to go home," you know. So she went back home. My mom still wasn't able to fly back from California yet. So suddenly, like everyone left, and my house was just empty. And so right away, I started like freaking out. Yeah. So I called Karen, and Karen was like, "All right, we'll come here." So I went to Queens and stayed there for like a week. Mm-hmm. And it was just nights of like being up and drinking wine and going on the roof and smoking cigarettes and reading poetry and play. I mean, it was, everything was like so magical. So in a lot of ways, that was also what made it difficult for us later was yeah. when like that went away mm-hmm. and like normal life came back. And you know, I th- also like skipping that stuff of like how each person gets angry or how each mm. person gets sad or how each person deals with those things. And usually you deal with those in little bits over the first couple of weeks and over the first, but suddenly we were, our lives were like completely together. Mm-hmm. And then someone gets really mad for the first time. 
and that freaks the other person. You know, that's weird because you never saw that. And we were like already living together. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so how soon after did you move in together? Maybe like six months. Well, we no, left. Oh, we, we went, went to, Portland, to Portland, which almost completely I forgot destroyed. About that. Almost completely destroyed us. <laughs> yeah. Because I was basically like, <laughs> you moved to Portland. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Oh, I think I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So, so basically, me because I'm from New York. Mm-hmm. So when this all happened, I was like, look, I'm not gonna die and never have lived somewhere else because yeah. I mean you know right after it happened you're like this could is it going to happen again is mm-hmm. is there going to be another yeah. Yeah. so I was like I, I went to college out in Portland for two years like I still have some friends out there I've always wanted to live on the west coast if we're going to go somewhere that makes sense because I have people let's go and I basically had an old roommate friend who I had a huge falling out with and then we had recently like become friends again and he was like move out we have a line on a house i'll build a recording studio i'll record karen it'll be great and we moved out and it was like the worst disaster ever she left i wasn't ready to come back to new york so i stayed out there how long were you out there i was there three months and he was, I was there, there like six, six or seven months, months. had you gotten six rid months. of your apartment yeah in queens yes yeah. i oh. left my apartment but oh. i ended up coming back and getting uh, a room on Bedford Avenue in Grand for five hundred dollars. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have to remember this now, is also yeah. early two thousand. I mean, yeah, it was, yeah, this was yeah two thousand two. Right, and March. I got a room in a crazy cat lady house when I came back in the building that that was eventually where the apartment was that you took. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, they lived in that Bedford apartment that I took when I moved to New York in oh. Which yeah, now has Dumont Burger. Yeah, yeah. Dumont yeah Burger, which yeah. is it was like a bombed out bodega before. It oh was yeah, a disaster. It was like it a was front. Such, it was such a hard transition because I was living in like sunny California and right. like I a three your, bedroom house yeah. with like yeah. you know a backyard. The Lo, that Los Feliz place. Um, <laughs> no, another place. The one in Glendale. Like I okay. lived in like a house. Like it was so weird because I felt like such an adult in my early twenties. Right. So I was like, I lived in LA. Yeah. I had like a full time job and I was doing comedy at night and I had a house that I lived in with my two friends and then I came to New York and moved into and it was so great that they gave us their apartment. It was but, like, the smallest, the smallest it was apartment. so small. There's <laughs> no it was the sun. worst layout ever. Yeah, yeah there's no sunshine. It was like a it was like a three hundred and fifty mm-hmm. square foot apartment with a hallway. I don't oh, think yeah. it was 350 I think feet. if you include the hallway, but like the hallway was so useless. Like, yeah. why was there the a hallway? The hallway to nothing. Oh, the yeah. hallway yeah. grew into the, the apartment. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it was like, and I can't, and at the time, Bedford Avenue, which is now like, you know, Europe, shishi poo poo central or oh, whatever, yeah. um, it was like still kind of shady well, especially like, down there yeah. I visited like, an we never went it below Metropolitan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It stopped and, right where that apartment building was. Yeah, and like my, it was cool. It was like hopping from the train station to that apartment. Yeah, okay. yeah. right there That's is where cool. it kind of yeah. stopped. And my yeah. car got towed the first night that I moved nice. there. <laughs> and I assumed, and I remember I was like, "New York City, your car gets stolen on the yeah, first yeah. night." Like I was like <laughs> such a non-New Yorker at the right. time. But um, but yeah, okay. So to backtrack though, so you, Portland, so you were here, he was there, and then you both moved back, and you weren't dating at the time I guess I moved back I came right back I was able to get my old job back oh, that's and good, yeah. I got a better apartment and I was Her life trying just to took mo- off now. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like doing that thing where I was so like okay technically together no we no not really we were we were still in love but we weren't together and I wasn't with anybody else mm-hmm. and I was just regrouping and and um as soon as I started to try to shift away and stop talking to him he came back 
Mm. He was like, okay, if this is over, I'm going to come back and fight for you. And he, yeah, I basically stayed up. He was, took a Greyhound bus. From Portland? From Portland. Oh, my God. Why? I commend I was, you. I had zero He had to dollars. borrow money uh, to get the bus ticket. Yeah, my, one wow. of my best. Wait, this is one of my best, everything you guys were talking about is a movie. It's yeah, yeah really, yeah. <laughs> so one of my best friends who I had known from college where I knew this roommate who I was living with who had, you know, it was one of those things where like, Back when we were friends in college, he had good things and bad things. Then we had like a big falling out. Then we became yeah. friends again and we moved in together. And I was like, oh, all the bad things like ate all the good things. And now it's like just bad stuff. Oh, the yeah. The bad stuff got stronger from eating the good stuff. It was like, a, he, but you had terrible. to go through that with him. I had, to, like, I had to go through it. It was like literally when Karen, because Karen's friend came out and they drove back cross country together when she left. And it was literally like as they drove away, I was kind of like, wait. What the fuck just happened? Yeah, yeah, and then like it was like the the curtain came down and I started to mm -hmm. see like reality. I went a little crazy and then like figured out what was going on. And so another friend of mine from that college who already had given up on this dude I was living with, yeah. was, he was like, "You got to get out of there. I'm gonna send you 500 bucks. Just like ship your stuff home. Get on a bus." Are you still friends with him? Yeah, he Aww. was he was like one of the groomsmen at my wedding at our wedding. Um, so wedding. yeah, <laughs> my, my wedding. It was my wedding. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he always dreamed of since he was a little girl. So, yeah. it's a, so it's like a bus back. It was, it was three days straight on a on a Greyhound bus. Ooh. It was wow. bleak. And, and he only brought one pair of socks. I didn't know. And his mom said Ooh. she knew he was home because she could smell its feet. Oh wow. But then the interesting thing was, right, so before we left New York, I was like, I'm living at home. I have a job. What's the problem? After doing that trip out to Portland, when I came back, I was like, I can't believe I'm in my mom's house. I got to get out of here as soon yeah. as possible. Like, yeah. I had, well, I think I that was also something I said up. to you because yeah. you were like, what do I have to do to get you back? And I was like, <laughs> don't, don't move back in with your mom. Yeah. Your yeah. It's so funny because for, for, 20, for 21, 22, 23, however old you were, it's so interesting the expectations you had because you were like, you don't live with your parents, like you're independent, you should have known more about politics. Like it's yeah. so, I didn't have those expectations yeah. for myself in my late 20s, like <laughs> sometimes not even now at times, like in, right. it's just, it. But did you then? Um. Oh, well I guess I see what you're saying, like right after college, Yeah. maybe a little bit. I mean, I just wasn't sure if you were saying that I, I was like that in particular or that every 22, no, 23 year old I, it's woman is like that. She's saying it's interesting that you were like, oh. these are these things that one should be doing. Yeah. At when, such, oh, yeah. At, at such a young age. age. Yeah. No, I had a big list of shoulds. Oh, in my really? Yeah. 20s, yeah. I was like, I'm taking on. Well, it's funny because Karen is the reason I blame Karen for why yeah. I ended up in LA. Oh, Because really? you were supposed to go cross country with Jolie and Margot. I was. Yeah, and then you canceled, and so I took your spot in the cross-country trip. Typical. Yeah. <laughs> really? Typical? I don't know. Yeah. I, I have think, no I memory of that. Maybe you got. Maybe you got the. A job. I think this is probably. right. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, I booked that. I did that film right after yes. school. I and I had to cancel, and I ended up staying in Ithaca. Yeah, you stayed in Ithaca, and so last minute, mm -hmm. Margot was like, "Do you want to come cross-country?" I was like, "I guess so." And then that's when that's I ended why you up. Stayed and that's, out there. I stayed out there that's and. Wow. All that, like my my plan, because I guess I guess I was similar to Karen that I had a plan. I was going to go to grad school, I was going to live in Boston, I was going to save X amount of money. Then I was going to leave. Like I did have a very adult plan, yeah. And then that fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Those like that job that I took that yeah. made me have to cancel that trip dictated the rest of my right. the, the yeah. whole course. One hundred percent. Until now, yeah. and that trip and to that LA trip for you did the same yeah. thing. Well, and I think that was it's interesting you put it that way because 
you know, you had a plan. Karen had a plan. Yeah. I think that part of the thing that intrigued Karen and scared Karen about me was that I had no plan, right? So when, when we met, <laughs> right, yeah. like my plan was like the bar that night and like if I had enough money to black out or like if it was the bar that they would let me pay tomorrow. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah. the only plan I had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I was I was right there. Yeah. 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 It was just like was, every was night awesome. let's live yeah. it to the fullest. I could, even, awesome. I could still go back to that bar and they'd be like here's two free shots. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, and yeah. here's your tab from yeah. seven years exactly. ago. Exactly. <laughs> I probably yeah. definitely I yeah. owe Chicago at least $5,000. Yeah. <laughs> well, like the thing you guys were saying about skipping that that early part because I know people like I know this this guy I don't even know if they're still together but he had gotten together with his I believe wife right after his parents were killed oh yeah you know and and got together with her like very very fast and it for them it ended up not working out but I'm glad that it worked out for you guys but there is something that definitely happens when you get together in trauma absolutely and then and and then when like the like we're saying when like the movie of it fades and you're dealt you're left with like phone bills and right. grocery shopping yeah. and laundry and then you start and, getting and into that we fights. were very different people yeah that was hard because the the appeal of the whole the the trauma relationship is that there's no bullshit at yeah. all. there's no time yeah, for bullshit it's you don't so care. romanticized it's so and it's so romantic but, yeah right. it is romantic but there's no bullshit not because you're choosing not to let the bullshit in there's no bullshit because it's been it's being glossed over by right. this Oscar movie you know what I mean so like it's it's not that you're dealing with the bullshit so that there's no bullshit it's that you're like we'll deal with it later it doesn't matter but eventually it always does you feel like you're beyond it or above it because you're like I'm living in the moment life is so crazy it might be taken from us tomorrow yeah I remember this one night it was still at that apartment so when she moved back to New York from Portland she got this really cool room in this great apartment on Grand and Bedford and I took this like really horrible room with this crazy cat lady up the block (laughs) (laughs) but I was never there right I literally got I literally got a room a block away from where she was on purpose yeah well I found it I was like I'm getting I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna be a grown-up I'm gonna find a room I'm gonna rent a room with somebody and then the room that I found I was like I knew I wanted to be in Williamsburg because that's where Karen lived back in the day when Bedford Avenue had that amazing bulletin board board right right outside of the train station where everybody posted room available so I just pulled a number and got like a $500 room. The lady was crazy. The cats were crazier. Zach's <laughs> like severely allergic to cats. Yeah, oh, so God. you were like, oh, I've lived with this. a lot of cats and I'm allergic to <laughs> this cat out of my room. And I was, was basically just in his room hiding and like hissing. screaming at him. <laughs> yeah, and I love animals, Horrible. but this cat, I was like, get the fuck out. Yeah. Like, um, so I was just always there. And I remember one night, I don't know if it was like a New Year's thing or but we were we come back from a party and we were in a big fight about some stupid shit and we had this like and this ultimately is the reason we've stayed together is that always and probably this fight it had probably been bad that week maybe and it then finally it come mm-hmm. to this and we were like able to fight for a minute and then stop and then have a be like okay how like I mean when we had a big conversation about if there's stupid shit and I don't tell you it's my fault mm-hmm. because I can't expect you to know. We had a whole conversation about like, if you're upset that I'm not doing the dishes, but you don't say anything. Yes, it sucks that I'm not doing the dishes, but it also sucks that you're not saying anything. Right. Yeah. And we yeah. Have, and, and so it's almost worse that 
for the person yeah, we who's call not it the, we call it the dishes factor or something so right that's, that's real that's like, great I love that this idea that like this idea that like you not doing something that you should be doing yes that yeah. sucks but if it's pissing me off and I'm not saying something that's actually worse well no what it was is that if it's pissing it me off and then I'm act, I'm being an asshole about right. it yeah then right. that's worse it's but like it doesn't oh, justify that, that, was a, that was the conversation me being a jerk that was the conversation it was like the, the asshole levels where it's like if you're not doing something and I don't say anything, so then I start acting like a jerk. Then all you know is that I'm acting like a jerk. Right. So then you start acting back. Right. Then I start acting back. Then we finally have a fight about it a month later, and we don't even know what it's about. Or I say, like, you know what the problem is? Three months ago, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then the other person's like, okay, you're just crazy. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you're yeah. bringing up stuff You're bringing you up something that back. I have no idea what you're even talking but about. So many, I, I've definitely met, and I'm sure I'm guilty of this at times. I don't think with you, but like in the past. We all are. We, we've talked about making sure that we do it too, though, I think. Yeah, is what it is. But, yeah. I, yeah. but I it think. It still happens. But yeah, there it are, still happens, but yeah. But it happens often in couples where like. I think one person assumes the other person is a mind reader. And they're yeah. like, how yeah. can you not know? Like, there's things that you've told me that annoy you about me and vice versa mm. that the other person is like, wow, nobody has ever yeah. pointed ever that, pointed out. that right. out. Yeah, yeah And yeah. it doesn't mean they're wrong or right. It's not even a wrong or right thing. It's like, well, in order for this to work, that's something I need to be aware of. Right. Yeah, and, I, right. and I think that, that goes back again to this idea of like the stuff we skipped and why... Who knows if uh, if we hadn't gotten together in trauma, and we had actually dated, maybe that stuff would have stopped it right in its tracks. Mm -hmm. But because we had already like committed so hard, mm -hmm. we like didn't always. One of us, even in the worst fights, one of us would always come to a place of like, I'm not ready to let, to this, let this go. go. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna like try and slice. I'm gonna drop my shit and try and slice through for a second. And be like, we can talk about what I'm upset about tomorrow, but for right now, can we just, can we for a second stop and remember that, you know, we've put seven years into this already, yeah. or, or three years, or, or ten that, years, or whatever. Or that we love each other, and yeah. if you need me to just listen to your feelings right now, we can do that. I can, and, yeah. Or whatever, like well, I can drop yeah. my stuff. So let me ask you this, just because I think it's something that comes up a lot, like the idea of like, some people believe like, oh, like love is enough. And if you really love someone, like you can see through all the other blah, blah, blah. And then other people believe like, yeah, you can love someone, but if they're like not a good fit, like love doesn't come to I have, conquer I have, all. Here's what you I have something to say, but you can go first. Oh, I thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I would just want to say, I guarantee you that everyone that says to you, love is enough and love is enough and yeah. love is enough. You'd be like, cool. Who can I meet your boyfriend? Yeah. And they'll be yeah. like, well, actually I'm not seeing anyone right now because they're not going to ever be happy. Mm. Right. They're never going to tell their partner anything. They're always going to, you know, they're, because love is enough to get you started. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. it's just people. I think also, and again, not, you know, go to, back to movies and music and all that stuff. Like, you are often, I think, taught that, but like, you know, as long yes. as there's love. And I'm like, I can think of people that I felt love for that were horrible matches for me. Not they're not horrible people. Oh, yeah, yeah. But just like, doesn't matter. Not compatible at all. Yeah. You yeah. can't mm -hmm. love somebody through being not compatible. Right. But, I always feel like love, love is not enough, but. Love is the answer. Yeah. I agree. Oh, yeah. go, oh, go with that. So I think that relationships take tons of work and that both people have to be willing to put the work in. And the work's not easy, but the decision to want to do the work, it should be easy. That, that, yeah, that's, 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 that's great. Yeah. And that yeah. when it comes down to it, like we all get defensive about our own shit. We all get um, scared 
for whatever reason. But if you can kind of get down to it and think this is this is the person I'm supposed to respect the most and love the most. I need to respond to them with love. And if you can do that, then you're going to make it through all the fights. Yeah. And I think that also that's why also breaking up is hard. You know, I people always talk about like oh, I, everyone I know who's broken up from a serious relationship um, has always been like, I wish that something had happened. Right. You always wish I caught the person cheating. So then it was just easy. Right. It's mm-hmm. just like we're done. Mm-hmm. But it's never that easy because you still love them. So even the decision to fight through bullshit because you love someone should be easy. And the decision mm-hmm. to break up with someone should be hard. It's you or it's usually hard unless there's like an obvious thing that happens, right? Like this person stole all my money. <laughs> or this but the thing is, like, even when that stuff does happen, if you love them, it makes it hard. If you love hard. them, it, and that's why love can't be all because like you become, I, don't, I mean, for me, like one of my I think best and worst qualities is I'm empathetic to the point where like I'm so forgiving so I can like someone can treat me like garbage whether it's relationship or friendship or whatever and I can be like but I know that they're going through a really hard time and you know they went through this yeah. and this you can when justify they were it for them and I can and justify then... it and I think that that me that I'm like you know I'm so loving that I'm justifying it but then like you have moments where after like you know years of justifying it with maybe a shitty partner or whatever right. it is you're like Wait, Wait a, a second. second. Like, this is not doing anything for me. Right. What have I been doing? That's why, yeah. That's why I'm, I'm a real believer. It has to be a team effort. Because in those yeah. situations, it was most likely, like, you were the one who was really putting the work in. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you have to have that, like, balance of self-worth well, and wanting to work. And the other person has to have the same. Well, I think it's interesting also that, like, in our world, most people believe that anything, and you, you hear these mantras all the time, like, Anything worth, anything that's 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 worth doing is worth working hard at, or anything that's that's yeah. good. It's a, except apparently love. Love is just right. supposed to happen. Like you're not supposed to have to work at that. And it's like, well, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Just like, or you know what you know what it is. Love should yes, it should just be there. But the idea that love is enough, I think, like Karen said, love is, love, love should be enough to want to work. But love is not the only thing that that makes happiness and happiness takes work you know love is a huge having love mm-hmm. in your life is a huge part of that but it's not the only thing right because like i mean you know it's julia like to take what you were saying to an extreme you could be in love with someone who's beating you oh, yeah. yeah it happens all the time it doesn't it mean that you're happy yeah. yeah doesn't yeah. mean that you're happy and right it's so hard to wrap your head around that concept right. when you're not in that situation but when, exactly but like even though, like for me like i when i was at ithaca for ithaca like i was i was i studied domestic violence as my like my topic of my sociology major right. and i was like i would never like be with someone who's abusive like i don't know like i i thought i was so well prepared for the world and then i was never physically abused by anyone right, but i right, I've, right. I've had interactions with people who had abusive personalities and like manipulative or mm. you put you up know, with it for and I put up with it. Yeah. yeah and I put up with it and when I got out of certain situations I'm like oh my god like what happened like right. yeah. because love can it's like you're love blind or sick or whatever mm-hmm. it is so it's like it's such a weird it, it's the most illogical but like logical thing at the same yeah. time yeah. but it's so you have interesting to experience it first I mean yeah yeah uh, a couple things just came to mind. Um, 
one I was watching that Nina Simone documentary the other day oh, on I wanna, HBO. Yeah, I want to see it. Uh, I, I watched. Netflix, I watched I it on Netflix. Yeah. I didn't finish it, but the one moment that really stuck with me is they asked her. So they were showing an old interview from I think the early '60s, and they were asking her, um, "How could you? How can you define freedom?" And she said, "How how can I explain freedom to somebody?" She said, "That's like asking somebody who's never been in love." to understand love. Yeah. You don't understand it unless you've been in it. And then and then she switched and said this amazing thing about she's felt free on stage a few moments and that freedom is the absence of fear. And it was this beautiful explanation. But in, in talking about it, I keep thinking about how Zach and I, we got together before um, social media was really present. Right. Yeah. Oh. And like, good old days. We got, we got together before <laughs> Facebook, which... I think mm, I think not, be, not I, before Friendster. I think though. Friendster yeah. was out and MySpace was out. I think MySpace, yeah, yeah. MySpace came I out. I think Black Mar- MySpace was starting. <laughs> MySpace, I'll tell you, I know that it was before MySpace because it wasn't until we got Barry's apartment. Yeah, was the first time I saw MySpace. Okay, at a friend's house. Okay, uh, so, so love MySpace before was MySpace is like a documentary. Love yeah, before yeah, MySpace. Yeah. Love that, before we MySpace. could be in that documentary. Love before MySpace. <laughs> the, the Karen and Zach story. Love before our space. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> So, um, I mean, so many of our, we have a couple of uh, uh, continually uh, single people who are mm. always looking for that romantic Hollywood love. And they'll say, yeah, this person's interesting and they're cool and they're, I, th- I find them attractive and they seem like they've got their shit together. But, you know, I'm just not feeling that thing. Yeah. And I want to yeah. say, stop waiting for that thing. Like, you should feel something, but yeah. you, you have to invest in a relationship to make it work. And if you're going for this like magical fireworks, it, it, it might not actually have anywhere else to go. Right. Whereas I was it, guilty of that for most of my 20s, actually. But I, I, think I, I spent that whole time single but just because I, I had tricky. this image of like everything. Like, oh yeah. Well, I think it, even it, sex. <clears throat> like, I waited for sex because I was like, it's going to be this magical like thing right. that I saw in movies and then. When it happened, I was Which like, yeah, you were watching the <laughs> American Pie. No. <laughs> you, also, you also don't want to settle, though. Yeah, you don't, don't want to settle. That's yeah. why I think it's, it's the mix. so, it's the most illogical and complicated. Like, that's why anything that has to do with relationships and love, including this podcast, is infinite bullshit. Yeah, well, and it's infinite. Yeah. It, it, you're, that's the perfect word is infinite yeah. because I agree that you don't want to like wait for the magical thing that you've made up. But then you also don't want to settle because you're so afraid to be alone, and you're yeah. like, "Well, hopefully some magic will happen yeah. at right. some point." It's right. it's such a was well, this weird thing. One thing that just came to mind for me, and I don't remember. I heard this on NPR. I don't remember the all the all the information about it, but they did some some like long term study, you know, like mm-hmm. a fifty year study. And I'm I'm gonna get these details wrong, but basically they like interviewed and polled tons of young people in like the 50s or or earlier and we're like do you consider yourself special and something like 10% said yes in the 1950s 10% yeah, yeah wow, or, yeah. or, or, or less yeah. right and then they did it again like a, like in the late 90s or early 2000s and like 97% yeah, wow. of people said yes. And I think, <laughs> I think it's that interesting thing of like, and I'm definitely guilty of it, where, you know, there was a time, and maybe this is me romanticizing some stuff about the past, but I think there was a time where a person found happiness in their situation regardless of like, 
the job they had they wound up doing is just what they wound up doing yeah. to have and the person maybe they married or the or the place they lived and then they found they made a world and they worked and made it happy whereas now i think it's all connected to like people i wouldn't be happy doing that job i'm supposed to be great that's not the way i'm supposed to find love i'm supposed to find it this way mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. not the city i'm supposed mm -hmm. to live in i'm supposed to be in paris i'm supposed to be in oh, you're supposed to be new york the ceo or the famous yeah. one, or the celebrity or, or yeah. yeah or the model or the or the best of the best of the mm -hmm. best and it's like all right you know, and then you then you hear these stories, and obviously they don't all go this way, but we've all heard those stories of like somebody from a much older generation, maybe from a different country, who was kind of like put together with someone. Oh, yeah, the yeah. arrangement. Oh, yeah. And then they're like, it took a while, but now we totally made it. Cool. We <laughs> found love and we yeah. found happiness. And, yeah. And I, what can I say? Am I going to turn to those people and be like, no, you didn't? Yeah. Yeah, but exactly. That's why, that's why it's so individual because yeah, I feel like I feel like what you just said, I could argue for both sides. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. So strongly because I've had different situations that I felt like have matched all those yeah. ideas. Yeah. Um, that's why I think there's only so much you can actually learn in life. I think you have to just experience a lot of it. Yeah. And there's yeah. also yeah. only so much that you can verbalize. Yeah, that's true. I can't even verb like to verbalize feeling in love. And also, I mean, there's no the whole idea of like, one love and how many times have you been in love and then there's certain situations I've had where I'm like I think I was in love I don't mm. even know what I would call right. that like mm -hmm. and it's so easy when you're done with it to say oh that wasn't love that was just an infatuation but this is love right. and yeah. like, well, but yeah. hey, I, I mean they were all love I've totally <laughs> met people since we've been together that are like hey in, in a different in a parallel universe yeah I totally could have fallen in love with that person yeah, 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 yeah. like that person's yeah. awesome and like I've has a, has a lot of those qualities. Yeah. I think that's another thing that Zach, Zach and I have always been very open about that if we don't find like part, part of being human is, is finding other people attractive and that uh, the day that we're not attracted to people other than each other is the day that we're no longer a sexual person. That's right. true. Yeah. 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 Well, or, yeah I mean, or the day that you're no longer honest. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and and it's just like kind of allowing yourself to be attracted to somebody else can make your relationship stronger. And I think this goes back to this whole bullshit fantasy movie idea that people have about love. Being attracted to other people is going to happen. Doubt is a real thing. Fear is a real thing. And the idea that love would make all of those things go away yeah. is ridiculous. So then how do you know, and maybe you sort of already answered this earlier. So let's say you're a person, let's say someone's listening who's in a relationship <laughs> and they're filled with doubt. They're non, I mean, I'm, I think I already know the answer to this. They're yeah. like constantly attracted to other people. What, you know, should they stay? And I mean, I guess none of us can answer that because we're not in that person. I mean, maybe brain. they're just in a really nice neighborhood. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How much are they paying for yeah, What, what yeah, season right. is yeah. it? Is it summer? Because that's going to yeah, go away. Exactly. I mean, I guess, I guess I everybody sort of, looks less attractive. I guess if I answered my own question, I would say if that person, if those thoughts about other people and the doubt about the relationship overshadow yes. any yeah, exactly. positive. Yeah then I think that's when you start to consider leaving. But I think if you have it and you like feel comfortable talking about the doubts and yeah. the attraction with your partner, yeah. then you're in an even better place than you thought you were. Yeah. Yes. I think as long I as you both know where you stand the whole time, it's it's 
or where you lay down or where you lay down yeah or where you sit on the couch yeah or wherever (laughs) wait so we have to wrap up soon because you guys have to meet meet her too but wait so you were living with crazy cats you were living over there you got together like when did you guys get engaged married you also just had a baby there these are our first parents on the show baby's adorable so I I always like to say like I'm I'm like totally crazy and impulsive like I'm the kind of guy who's gonna meet a girl start going out and then like nine years later get married Mm -hmm. That's what we did. That's what we did. So oh, we, wow. got, yeah. we got engaged on our eight-year <laughs> eight anniversary, and then we got married on our nine-year anniversary because we thought it would just be easier to keep the same date because yeah. we'd been together for <laughs> so long. Yeah. So, yeah, we've been married for five years and change, yeah. but, but together for 14. Wait, so wait, When's your anniversary? 11? September 11th. It is yeah. September 11th. Yeah, we got okay, married yeah. on September 11th, 2010. Wow. And... Um, <laughs> But then we couldn't we couldn't work out like having the baby on yeah, September that 11th. Been awesome. Yeah. So Wait, she's so she's almost one. She'll be one in uh, when was she born? February 6th. Oh, you really. Oh, I was going to really say, I was like, wait, there. what? Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. We, we like, just that would have been she cool. We, small baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, she'll be yeah, she'll be one next month. Has having a child changed? I'm assuming it's changed the dynamic. Yeah, it's changed the dynamic for sure. But it's hard to say exactly what changed it because Zach opened a business. Like I went, I went solo with my work and and have a private studio. Zach opened a bar and we had a. Then we had, well, no, we had the baby. I went solo. Then I had the baby. Then Then the the bar bar opened. So it was a lot of yeah. It was a lot at once. (laughs) Yeah. And that whole shift of just both basically being like entrepreneurs and parents at the same time was and not sleeping and we're, we're still in the midst of it yeah yeah i don't think i've slept in a year shit yeah not really yeah <laughs> i haven't gotten more than a four hour stretch at ever in a year well in 11 months yeah well i've seen all three things and they're all beautiful awesome. <laughs> yeah. the bar oh. the tattoo bar yeah <laughs> uh, and the baby all beautiful yeah yeah, yeah it's all working out yeah we have a lot do of you guys still things. make music together yeah, we're the bands. I mean, the band's obviously laying low right now um, with everything that we have going on, but getting it back up and running is definitely like something we want to do. Yeah. It, it, uh, we have uh, played two shows since Bianca nice. has hey, you been should born. Play. Very what's early your, what's your band name and all that stuff? Bugs in the Dark mm-hmm. yes. is the band name. The bar is Our Wicked Lady in Bushwick. And then I do custom tattoos under the name Karen Glass Tattoo. Karen yes. did the tattoo, the, flat, the, the rose with snow on it tattoo that's on my arm for... All my fans that stare at my arm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all fans who have that arm yeah, fetish yeah. that we know about. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Julia Rossi arm. Yeah, yeah. Right Julia Rossi. Facebook.com backslash yeah. Julia Rossi's arm. No, it's on Friendster. Still on Friendster. is one yeah. of my favorite roses I've ever tattooed. I, I have to say, it I was, love that tattoo. But it's so funny, just off topic, not even about relationships, just in general, the amount of synchrony. I think that's the right word that I've had with Karen in that, like, she's the reason why I ended up in LA. <laughs> then I took their apartment. Yeah. Then when she did my rose tattoo, she had just happened to have, she didn't know what I wanted for a tattoo. Yeah. And she's like, I just doodled this rose yesterday. And I was like, I was going to ask you to do a rose. Like there's been all yeah, these awesome. weird, yeah. like yeah. Matt, like cool moments. Yeah. Um, so I think you guys have great energy. Yeah. You guys are <laughs> the beer helped. <laughs> yeah. And this is one of our, you know, few moments we've had without the baby together. Yeah. So, Oh, that's, well. this is, this is a nice, yeah, where's the moment baby? for us? Yeah, that's a fair question. <laughs> All right, so we usually end every podcast by asking the couple if, you know, we did we don't agree that Cosmopolitan or all these things have great advice, but we agree each individual has their own advice that makes their own thing work. And so we just want to hear from you guys, what is your 
individual idea about love that makes it work for you that maybe if somebody was listening they could be like well that might work for me too which i feel like they kind of you, you kind of Car- did Karen's a lot in the podcast about the, the anything you you might have have to add to that i i would say that what makes it work for for us i think the thing that i've noticed that i've done that's improved it from my end is just really being able to like in in difficult moments just hear my partner's feelings and just make him feel heard and make him feel loved when he needs that and not make his his fears or whatever become insecurities for me and just let mm-hmm. let him feel loved. That's, That's a really hard not- thing to do. It took me a long time to do it. And since I've been able to mostly stick to that, it's really improved our relationship. Yeah, and I would say two things. I would say maybe this is coming from more from a male perspective, but just that's stupid. But just because I, <laughs> I hear it a lot in terms of, of like male energy of like every problem is not something to be fixed it's often something just to be heard you know and and felt and also i think it's really about balancing needs making sure your partner's needs are being heard and fulfilled and then making sure that your needs are being said because no one can read minds. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is so That's obvious beautiful. you guys write song lyrics. Yeah, that was, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love to read your book. Um, you guys, thank you so much for coming on thank the podcast. Thank you for having us. This yeah. is so fun. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Good night <laughs> or day. You always say good night. I say good night. Good I'm day. Sure, yeah. I think you should just commit to it. Yeah, yeah. good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. 